Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon from rainy Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bob Getty at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke and Laurel at the First Bank Studio at our Laurel facility. We're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Lots to talk about. We've got Dr. Mark Horn back on the show today. Also, Kyle Clark, former offensive lineman and fullback for the Golden Eagles, joining us later in the show. Today's opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, open seven days a week, serving delicious food each and every day. You can eat in again. You can enjoy the drive-through. You can enjoy the take-home. They even have it delivered to your house, and it's always fresh. It's always delicious, and we always thank Dickie's Barbecue for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Doctor Mark Horn has been joining us uh, throughout the COVID nineteen crisis, and uh, does so again this week. Always very, very grateful. It gives us an opportunity to. Yeah, what we think is very important information out to our listeners uh, wherever they're tuned in. And, and uh, Dr. Horn, you uh, and I were talking before we went on the air. You said it's not a good day for COVID-19. You said that the head of the state health department, Dr. Thomas Dobb, laid it out yesterday. What's going on in Mississippi? And, Doctor, it's not good news, is it? It's really not. And it's very, it's very frustrating. Look, uh, I am, by nature, a very optimistic, can-do kind of person. And um, and I am optimistic. Look, in the long run, if you look out a, a year and a half, two, three years from now, we'll be past all this. Uh, but we're probably going to be fighting this well into next year, and um, we will be feeling the repercussions of what has happened economically and physically to those who've suffered with COVID for years. So there's a lot going on here. Some of the quotes that Dr. Dobbs uh, said yesterday I thought were spot on, and I think they stand on their own. Uh, Quote, there's widespread reckless behavior, and I agree with that. Uh, In in, uh, Ole Miss, there was a um, Lafayette County, uh, a large rush party, and they had over 160 cases from one party. And that's just totally unnecessary. Everybody knew that it was illegal to gather together. They did it anyway. And those 160 people may do fine, but they're going to go home and they're going to expose their grandmothers and their grandfathers and their aunts and their uncles. Or they'll expose somebody who goes to work at a nursing home and somebody will get seriously hurt or possibly die because they had to have a party that, that was illegal to have. So... Uh, we've abandoned basic things that we know work around the world, proven time and again in, in Taiwan and and, uh, and other places around the world that uh, social distancing, staying at least six or to ten feet, staying as far away as you can from other people, at least six feet, wearing a mask, hand hygiene, these things work, and people are just kind of abandoning it willy-nilly. And they've made it this battle of wills. You told me I'm going to do it, so therefore I'm not going to do it to prove that I'm uh, powerful and independent and, and live in America. And Well, that's just silly. Uh, we do live in America. I'm a veteran. I fought for our country, and that is just stupid. 
It is not wise. I, I hate to hurt people's feelings because I know I'm hurting the feelings of people that I love and care about that take this attitude, but they're just flat wrong. This is not political, and this is not a matter of personal freedom. What This is about what we do to help other people. As a Christian, I am supposed to care about other people. And when we say we're not going to do simple, basic things that we know work because we want to have our own independence, we are not caring about other people. Try to put in perspective how frustrating it is for you and other health care uh, workers around Mississippi right now uh, due to this lack of cooperation that that I think anybody that's being honest, if you go outside, if you go into public, there is nowhere you can go that you don't see people who are refusing to cooperate. That's correct. Dr. Dobbs made a point that this is happening nationally. We know that in Mississippi it's happening pretty badly. We're uh, one of the leading rise uh, rate of rise. We're one of the leaders in the country. And, you know, one of the things, so is, what, how does it affect healthcare workers? Well, we know how difficult this was in the spring. February, March, uh, April were really, really rough times for us. Um, Dr. Dobbs said that the way things are lining up, um, the expectation, looking at history, current case reports, transmission rates, what we're daily learning about this virus, that come fall, we're looking at between three to five times as many cases this fall as we had in the spring. Mm. If you didn't like the spring, you're really not going to like the fall. What does that say for sports this fall? I just don't possibly see how you you go to you, – you, you organize football games, and I love football, and, and go to football and have crowds of people. I just don't see how you reasonably do that, Doctor. The worst thing we can do – is to gather together in large groups and yell or sing. So anything, going to concerts, going to large sporting events, and as much as it deeply pains me, going in person to church services and singing. If you want to hold church services, uh, my church is holding services, you can do it, but you have to socially distance, be in small groups, wear a mask, and no congregational singing. So when people say, oh, we're going to, we can't have these, th- we, they, they act as if uh, the world will end without giving some sacrifice for a brief period of time. What's going to happen is, uh, so you ask the question, what, what does it say? Well, it says that if we're smart, we're not going to have a typical uh, football schedule. Maybe they play without fans in the stadium. Maybe they play with very few fans in the stadium. I don't know. I know I have no plans to be there because that's an avoidable, unforced error on my part, as much as I enjoy it. All right. Luke? Yesterday, uh, Dr. Horn, Jackson Free Press, had an interview with Dr. Dobbs, and just this was the question, can you be a little more explicit when you say some degree of really bad, referring to the fall? What should Mississippi start preparing for? Dr. Dobbs, prepare for not being able to get into the hospital if you have a car wreck, to have a heart attack, and there not being a ventilator to put you on. That is really, really bad. Uh, Yeah, it's a possibility. We don't know... But it's not that way now, and um, and we're grateful um, that it wasn't as bad as we pre- uh, were worried about it might it might be in say March and April and May. But we understand a lot about pandemics from history, 
And so if you look at history and pandemics caused by viruses, and if you look at the recent history of this virus and what it's done, and you think about what it could do, you know, that's what's possible. Now, look, he also said in that same interview, he hopes he's wrong and he'll be happy to be wrong. And I agree with him. I'm not trying to be uh, to rain on everybody's parade, and I'm not trying to shut everything down, nor is he. What we're trying to tell people is there's um, we're not sure that uh, there's a bad been a really bad storm, and we know some of the bridges and roads have been washed out. Slow down. Be careful. Yeah. Um, there may be a road out ahead, and you won't know until you get there. And once you get there, if you're speeding ahead, you're going to run off the road. You're going to run off the washed-out bridge, and it's going to be terrible. And so that possibility is very real. And uh, if that's a real possibility, why don't we do something now to get ready for that? Why don't we do something to try to avoid that? Right. Talking to Dr. Mark Horn, South Central Regional Medical Center. Uh, Doctor, I ask you this question every week, and we appreciate the the fact, and I think that's what gives you so much street credibility. You're not a guy saying shut everything down. You understand that with the populace, you've told us this before on the show, there there is uh, room for, for compromise. Um, I ask you this question every week. What have we learned? Have we learned anything else in the last few weeks about the virus, or are we pretty much where we have been? There have been some conversations I've been part of in the past two weeks that are raising um, more and more questions about uh, the possibility and the finding. And then some people are, are staying, they've recovered, but they still don't feel right for weeks or even two or three months afterwards. And that's what we talked a little bit about off air. So the people who got covid Younger, I, I'm aware of a physician friend of mine who's 30-something-year-old, very healthy son, got a bad case of COVID, didn't have to be hospitalized, was, stay, was able to stay home, but really had a bad case. And he's two and a half months out. He can't go back and exercise the way he did. He can't do a lot of things. He's had to really change. He is still not feeling right. He still has episodes of panic attacks because of shortness of breath. And these are things that are directly related, and there's more and more understanding, and it's being published in a variety of sources. We just It hasn't gone on long enough that we've been able to put a fine point on it, but there's very, very fearsome uh, tells that it's, there's going to be a, a price to pay down the road from people who have this. All right, Doctor, can you hang on? We've got a short three-minute break. want to continue our conversation. that good? Yes. Dr. Mark Horn, everybody. Chief of Medicine, South Central Regional Medical Center, graciously comes on the Eagle Hour and keeps us up to date uh, about this terrible thing that's surrounding us all. We'll continue in a moment. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Raining here in southern Mississippi. Hope the weather is better wherever you may be listening. We're talking uh, to Dr. Mark Horn, South Central Regional Medical Center. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark. 
CampusBookmart.net, our friends down on Hardy Street with a great selection of Southern Miss apparel, always changing, always new. Uh, you can shop again in their store right across from the campus, or you can go to CampusBookmart.net. Still to come on the show, Kyle Clark, uh, offensive lineman and fullback for the Golden Eagles, now living in New Orleans. But for the moment, we're going to continue our conversation uh, with Dr. Horn. Dr. Horn, there, there, there are two entities out there. There are politics and there is science, and they seem to be clashing with one another. And as a scientist, a, a physician, I think it's fair to say, is basically a scientist. That must be what frustrates uh, you men and women the most is when you hear people say things that just simply scientifically are not true about COVID-19. Yeah, just so your listeners who don't know me will understand, I'm, I'm about as conservative as they get. Um uh, uh, and uh, my faith and in my politics and in my way I view finance and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm hardcore conservative. And I have really good friends who are very, very much to the left of me, but that are really good physicians and are excellent scientists. And we all agree on this. Um, so, you know, it, it's very strange that this has been made political. Um, and so... The, and, and people are trying to say, well, we have to do these things because we, uh, you know, we have to get back to school, and, and, and we do, and we have to get our economy back, and we do. So I think it was uh, one of the other quotes that Dr. Dobbs had, it's important, uh, we have to make this important enough not to undermine our education and healthcare system. And by not taking this seriously, by not doing basic things like wearing a mask and distancing and avoiding large uh, gatherings, what we do is we take a terrible risk of undermining health care and educational uh, systems. And um, I just don't see why we would want to do that. It's just such an unwise thing to do. 22,898 Mississippians with this disease as of yesterday. We're approaching now. We're only 11 short of 1,000 people dying. What do you think we're going to see in the next three months, Dr. Owen? Well, I mean, if you took those numbers to this point and you extrapolate, uh, and if Dr. Thomas Dobbs is correct, well, um, triple that, quadruple that. Wow. Um, carry this into next summer. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be that way. But that's where it's headed if if there's not a change in attitudes. Uh, one of the good questions yesterday, I thought, was, well, is it time for the governor to issue a, um, a statewide mask uh, order? And the answer, I think Thomas was dead on. He said, it won't do any good if people aren't willing to order. You could set... Uh, the speed limit at 30 miles an hour on the interstates. It won't do any good. Nobody's going to do it. So, and there's not enough law enforcement out there to catch everybody. There's not enough health officers and uh, law enforcement to stop everybody from gathering when they shouldn't be gathering in large parties. They can't stop every fraternity party of a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds who want to get together and have a party. There's not enough people to do that. So, the people of the state of Mississippi, the, pe- the citizens of the United States of America, have to decide they think this is real and they want to do something about it. Then we can have a conversation and we can have this societal decision, we're going to do something positive. Luke? 
You know, Doc, for for me early on, um, I I did not take this seriously. And then I had a close friend whose father uh, in his early 60s was a warden in the state of Louisiana. Uh, Right when Louisiana cases shot up, uh, he contracted COVID and went into a coma for three weeks and passed away. During that time, the the, the harsh reality of it hit – I don't think necessarily that a great majority of our populace um, is, you know, just rebelling for the sake of rebelling. I think some of it is they just haven't seen it up up close. And the problem is, if it continues, a lot more people are going to see the impact of it up close. I mean, do you, do you feel like it, it's it's more of a just straight rebellion, or the fact that people just are ignorant because it hasn't affected them personally or within their their relationship circle? I have personally seen both. I have seen people who simply, they just don't understand. And they it's a lack of uh, awareness. Um, for all of our media and, so, uh, and the news sources, as a group, we are, as a, as a civilization, we are under-informed in so many ways. It's a real strange uh, position to be in, but I think we all agree on that. Uh, that's one. Two, I do know people... And I've had conversations with people who do know and are uh, there are physicians, and not many, but there are some um, who I've heard and read. And so, yeah, there are people who uh, just is flat out rebellion. What's the percentage? I don't know. What's the solution? What we're doing here? Talking about it, trying to persuade people. I mean, I feel a lot like the pastor on Sunday morning trying to persuade people that they're all sinners and that they really do need to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and not everybody agrees with that. Some people say, I'm not a sinner, and I don't need to change. But that's how I feel. Right. And I I want to make this point to our listening audience. Uh, Why do we have these discussions every week? It's because we really care about the people that listen to us, and we we want them to be informed. We want them to have all the information that they can obtain from this program and you, Dr. Horn, to make decisions that are best for them and their family. And uh, I'm really concerned. A- am, I, uh, am I in that boat alone? It sounds like to me that I'm not the only one, and, and you guys are much, much smarter than me, but I'm not the only one that is really concerned about what's happening. There, there is a division uh, in our society. There's so many divisions in our society. I think the news of the past several months, our current political uh, situation in our country, and the, uh, all the other things that have been happening recently in our society prove how divided we are. And those divisions are playing out in the COVID-19 pandemic as well. They cross, lines cross, it's kind of strange. Uh, so I try to stay away from those other things. And all I'm saying to people is, as a scientist, as a physician, as someone who treats these people and has good friends who spend uh, untold hours per day in ICUs caring for people, watching the tragedies, to take it seriously. It's real. It's yeah. not fake. Mm-hmm. It's not made yeah. up. It's not um, political. Yeah. Luke? Practically, Doc, because it's been a long spring, it's summer now, people want to leave Jones County, Forest County, Lamar County, South Mississippi. What practical instruction can you give them if they go and take a summer vacation out of their county of residence? Excellent question. Perfect. Uh, Number one, uh, if at all possible, drive. Uh, Number two, um, be certain that you spend as much time as you can outdoors and not in crowds. Uh, 
So I wouldn't take a trip that put me in a lot of, in a lot of crowds. Um, be sure you take more than one mask with you, probably something that can be washed. Wear your mask when you're out in public. Go to dinner. Have a good time, but go to restaurants that are socially distancing and where the waiters are wearing masks. If at all possible, travel to a location where cases are fewer, where there are fewer, where there's a lower outbreak. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself, but be careful. Be aware of what. Educate yourself on how this virus spreads and what you need to do to decrease the spread. And and like I said, spend as much time as you can in larger spaces, wearing a mask. Uh, take your mask off briefly. Get your pictures taken. Put them back on. Um, all the basics. You know, that sounds like a good trip to the Ozark Mountains or somewhere like that to me, Dr. Horn. Yeah, I mean, get on a trail and go walking. Right. Well, look, we want to thank you for your time. Basically, we have a minute left. Fundamentally, these are still the same things. Am I correct? You wear a mask in public. You social distance. You don't find yourself in big crowds of people, especially people you don't know. And you wash your hands and sterilize your hands frequently if you're outside of your home. Amen. Seems pretty simple. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Take care of yourself. Uh, get some rest, and uh, please accept our thanks for sharing your time with us every week. You're very welcome. All right, Take Dr. Care. Mark Horn, everybody from South Central Regional Medical Center. Luke, you live in uh, in Jones County, and uh, so you know that this this man is a stand-up guy, and uh, he, he, he doesn't have any political agenda here. He's just he's speaking as a doctor, and as you could tell today, I'm sure, a really frustrated, upset physician. Yeah, he, he has, in my mind, even though with, with just the casual listener, he has more credibility because his approach is not burn it down, shut it down, lock it down. That's right. not his approach. His approach is one of there has to be compromise. I mean, he even told us on this program you know, a month or so ago, there's no way that we can keep people locked down. People shouldn't be expected to be locked down, and that's why he's taking that hybrid, middle, reasonable approach that if you're out, distance, and just just be smart. But that's the thing. It's the land of the free and the home of the brave. People don't like being told what to do, and that's just the conundrum we find ourselves in. Well, people who live in Jones County are lucky to have Dr. Moore Corner. We thank him uh, so much for all the information he shares with our listeners. All right, Kyle Clark was an offensive lineman turned fullback for the Golden Eagles. Is next. Southern Miss to the top. Hump day on the Eagle Hour Wednesday. When you get through this day, you will have gotten over the hump for the week. Two days left uh, starting tonight until the weekend. Um, We are uh, thankful for uh, Dr. Mark Horn coming on every week uh, as he has for the last really two or three months just uh, I can uh, identify with him, uh, you know, just talking, pleading with people to to follow and 
and uh, to obey and and some great practical instruction if if you're going on a uh, a family vacation anytime soon just please follow um, the the great advice that Dr. Horn gave us. We appreciate him joining us from South Central Regional Medical Center. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street, just uh, across Highway 49 from Southern Miss, and I greatly appreciate their sponsorship also. I want to tell you also about a D-BAT located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Great new training facility. Uh, they're, they're on board with us with the Eagle Hour. You need to get on board with them. Memberships available for baseball, softball. Absolutely a great training facility. Check out their website and their Facebook group and see uh, what D-BAT has in store for you, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Joining us now, Kyle Clark, played for the Golden Eagles from 2007 to 2010 as a member of Larry Fedora's football team, joins us now. Kyle, how's your Wednesday going, man? Everything's going fine. Uh, how everything going with you? Doing great. Thanks so much for coming on today. The first thing that jumped out uh, to me uh, about you is, is where you went to high school. I was... Uh, I, I came in in 01, and I came in with a receiver named Chris Johnson, a guy, a receiver already on the team named Kenny Johnson, who everybody remembers Kenny's catch against LaDamian Tomlinson's TCU team to uh, to defeat TCU in the 2000 GMAC Bowl. And so there's a little pipeline coming from, from Lutcher High School to Southern Miss, isn't there? Yeah, it is. So you, uh, growing up, and, and we don't want to criticize you by this, but just like everybody in Louisiana, you were probably an LSU Tiger, is that fair to say? Uh, actually, no. I wasn't a big Tiger fan. Uh, I watched them because they was the home team, but I wasn't a huge Tiger fan. Good. You are a rare breed, my friend. That is that is right. refreshing, refreshing <laughs> to hear. How in the world did you get to Hattiesburg uh, from Paulina, Louisiana? Uh, so pretty much what happened, uh, I had a few offers and a few people that was interested in me. And uh, Southern Miss, you know, they really made me feel like home. Uh, you know, they had a very rich history already uh, from Brett Favre to Patrick Sertain. Um, so the history that was real rich. And then also um, knowing a few players that was, you know, that experienced Southern Miss. And then knowing uh, Chris Clark. He was actually my host whenever I went yep. to Southern Miss. I, pr- I played Chris. with Chris. Uh, started, he started and protected Peyton Manning in, the, in that Super Bowl. Man, he's been he's been playing for quite for quite a while. You came in. We, we talked to Jeremy Snowden yesterday, and you came in in a unique okay. situation. You were you were redshirted in 2007, Coach Bowers last season. Uh, then transition happens. Coach Fedora comes in. How was that change for you? Only after one season, there's a there's a head coaching change. Uh, it was a big change. I didn't feel a huge a- impact because it was one year, but you can tell the difference in terms of uh, the coaching styles and the culture around the facilities. Uh, with Coach Bauer, you know, he had a rich, um, a rich history with winning, uh, and it was very grit and grind. With Coach Fedora, uh, I feel like things opened up more. Everything was a little bit more exciting. Uh, he made us work hard, but we had fun doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Kyle, how hard is that for a player to come in a school and uh, you know you're recruited by a certain group of coaches, and then those coaches those coaches are gone? Is that a really difficult transition for for a kid to go through? Yeah, because uh, you're always wondering. Okay, well, 
you know, most coaches want their guys. So if you're not one of their guys, you know, sometimes you can get overlooked. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, being in the, you know, you committed to one thing and making sure, you know, hey, this is why I want to be here and why I want to go here. And then for it to change, you know, all of a sudden after your first year, it could be a little intimidating. If there was one, if there's one thing you could say to describe the difference in those two men, what would it be, Bauer and uh, Fedora? Um, I guess it'll be one word. Would be it wouldn't be really one word, but like I said, it's it's kind of like uh, Coach Fedora made things real exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would it. You were working very hard, and we ran a lot because we had to be in shape because of the up-tempo offense. Uh, but he also made a lot of things fun. We did a lot of things uh, as a team and had more uh, freedom, I guess, as a team to do more things. So that would be the biggest difference for me. Right. Now, now, Kyle, we've been told that Larry Fedora may hold the world's record for drinking the most Red Bulls. Did you ever see Larry I, Fedora yeah, downing Red every Bulls? Every day. Every day, maybe two or three of them a day. <laughs> Even in practice, Every did you day. see him at practice yeah, with the Red Bull? before practice, in the morning after workouts, you see him walking up, here comes the Red Bull. So, yes, every day, all day, all you see is Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. <laughs> we asked our buddy Luke because he, he played for Southern Miss, other host on the show. Uh, we did not, so we don't know what it's like, but – Mm-hmm. When you think back, uh, you know you you played Division One college football at USM. Is that something you think about a lot as you move on through your life? And and if so, what are the things you remember the most about that experience, uh, Kyle? Uh, I think it prepares you for the world. Honestly, uh, I feel like it gives you a little bit of upper hand because you're always competing, mm-hmm. no matter what. You're always trying to put your best foot forward because. You know, you're trained and and taught that, you know, the harder you work, the the better the outcome will be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in my experience, you know, coming from, you know, being able to to mix with people of diverse backgrounds, as well as that competitive nature that, you know, that's something every time you see, you know, Coach Fedora walking in the halls, make sure we compete. Let's make sure we compete. Just keep drilling it over and over. It prepares you for everything having to make sure you balance, you know, football as well as your personal life as well as classwork, you know, that's helping you maintain your balance in life as well in some of the same things I do today. Good stuff. I guess you've experienced that same thing, Luke. Yeah, it's a, it's a carryover. I mean, it's just a bunch of dudes thrown into one room together, and you say, all right, we all going to get along for the next five years and not just get along, we, we, we want to win. Kyle, during that right. process of uh, you know being a part of a team, roles change, roles get redefined. You started, and, and I mean this with all respect, and you understand what I'm saying, you started a fat boy mm-hmm. and you ended a skill player. Very few people mm-hmm. in their college career start a fat boy and end a skill player. How in the world did you transition from O-line to fullback? I was undersized. I'm about six feet, and at the time I was around 260, 270. And for the life of me, I couldn't gain weight. Uh, you know, through the training, uh, I'll go on plans where I'll eat more, but after that, we also run more too. So I wasn't able to, you know, keep the weight on and keep the weight up. 
and then also, you know, I had athletic ability to be able to, you know, make that transition. That, that you're, you're a rare breed two ways. Number one, you grew up in South Louisiana. You're not an LSU Tiger. Number two, you can't gain weight. I salute you, sir, above all people in the world, because well, I do not have a problem at all the with, with the is, second one. The crazy part is I gained the weight after college, so I'm, I'm going to have to take that one back. I couldn't gain it at that time, but after college, it all came. I think we've all you know, experienced we, that. We, yeah, we, we have. About a minute left. You were in a, a role in a Larry Fedora offense. You know, a lot of people think spread. Fullback doesn't come to mind, but a lot of people don't realize how involved the fullback, the H-back is in an offense like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty much for me, I know a lot of the things that we weren't involved in the data, like every single play, no, but we had important roles. Uh, and a lot of our important roles, what we had to do was, you know, make sure, especially at goal time, I mean, goal line, that's the biggest thing you want to do is make sure, you know, we could get those points. So I still felt like I was, you know, playing a pivotal role to the team. No question you did. And, Kyle, we appreciate very much uh, you taking the time. You're in New Orleans now, correct? Yeah, I'm in New Orleans. What do you do now? Uh, I'm an administrator at a middle school. Oh, well, good for you. Uh we hope you stay safe down there. We know you guys have been under the gun with the virus, uh, like all of us here in South Mississippi. Uh, so uh, real quickly, 15 seconds left. High school football in the New Orleans area this fall? Yes or no? Um, I think everything is still up for debate right now. We're still trying to figure everything out. I think by July 2nd, we'll have a better picture of how uh, schools will reopen and what will be allowed. All right, Kyle. Well, uh, keep preaching that Southern Miss uh, doctrine down there in New Orleans. Can you do that? And don't become an LSU fan, Kyle. I got you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle Clark, everybody, former fullback offensive lineman uh, for the Golden. Can't believe you called him a fat boy, Luke. You go from fat hey, boy to skill player. When you're when you're running when you're running sprints, the official title is O line, D line, O line, and then. But then they would say, fat boys, on the line. And so, yeah, he understood it's an endearing term to be a fat boy. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. First Bank, the proud studio sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Go by and see our good friends Daniel Stewart, the Perfect Ten, Reggie Collier, that great um, new branch out on Highway 98. So go see our good friends at First Bank, proud studio sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly, um, Major League Baseball, we have baseball starting july the 24th i was so excited when when i saw that last night the cubs have an opportunity uh, to probably go 25 and 35 for the 2020 season 
well, if they're a Tiger fan, we'll take that and run. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's 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 going to have a, a, a lot different look, though, guys, than what we're used to um, in this in this shortened season because of COVID. Of course, it'll be a universal designated hitter. So even National League teams who are accustomed to having the pitcher hit in their own spot, uh, the National League teams will be going to a designated hitter. Uh, the idea is that uh, the pitchers then would have less to have to worry about, uh, including you know with uh, social distancing and all these other things. Now, managers won't have to worry about whether to leave him in, take him out, uh, whatever. That'll there'll be less stress on arms doing it that way, and that's a reasonable argument. But the baseball purists who have always loved you know the pitcher having to hit for themselves and the manager needing to make a decision whether to leave him in or pull him out, uh, it takes that it takes that off the table. But universal DH for both American and National League teams, that's one of the differences. But the biggest difference that people may not even be familiar with is to cut down on the length of extra inning games. They are going to implement what's called the international tiebreaker, um, which travel ball teams... Participation trophy. Well, the way it works... The way it works is that you go to extra innings and each team will automatically put their last batted out as a runner at second base. And they will what? have one out. What? Yes. Yes. Yeah, really? It's not baseball. It'll be a runner at second base with one out. And then the manager has to decide, okay, we're going to bunt him over and you know, to, to make it two outs and then take our chances on the next guy or exactly how to play it. Huh. Um they they suspect that, that that'll cut down on, on more than one extra inning 77% of the time. Do you like right. that, Kelly? It's not baseball. It's, no. sure not, it's sure not baseball, but if it's their objective is baseball cut, at all. No, no, but it's I not. mean, you know, it's it's less it's less baseball than even putting a DH in the National League. I mean, I'm a purist, so I, I don't want that. Kelly, here, here's a legitimate question. No matter what happens this year, there's have, going to have to be an asterisk by there. I mean, is it possible for us to have a 400 uh, batting average in 60 games? It's more likely, you know, rather than stretching it out, because somebody could get on a hot streak, and you know, and then the season be over, you know. Um, so it's it's more likely that you'd have that average in a in a shorter period of time. But your your point is well taken. I mean, everything's going to have to have an asterisk this year. You know, the guy that wins the Cy Young Award might have a record of five and one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was yeah. about to say. You're gonna you yeah. have twenty people tied for uh, six wins in the American League. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean that that's what it that's what it may come down to. But uh, the international tiebreaker thing, I'll, I'll be interested to see how fans embrace that, if at all. Yeah, I don't like that at all. But it, but it definitely it just, definitely should cut down on the number of really extra inning games yeah. rather than just the one. Just extra to inning. put it in perspective, a fifty home run season on the same ratio would mean you hit about eighteen home runs this year. That's just it, the leading home run hitter may hit like fifteen this year. Hmm. And, and and you know and that's assuming that guys are ready to go. You, you still, even though they're reporting, you know, July first, you really can't still expect them to be. You know, in a full groove when the first game rolls around. Like I said, if you're the if you're the fan of a crappy team, this is you're going to like this. Yeah, and, and, uh, as you would well know, Kelly. Uh, am I indeed. Right? Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, we're half the season 
half the season gone, and my Tigers are tied for first right now. Yeah, there you go. Well, one good thing, if there is a good thing, is that you know they play so many baseball games that sometimes right. you you're watching a game and you think, oh, it doesn't really matter. That's not going to be the case this year, is it, Kelly? No, it isn't. I mean, you, you have to play to win now. Uh, you, and, but they're taking ten playoff teams, so you know, uh, so there'll even be a chance to kind of shake it out there. You know, more than than in the past. Right. Um, now, how about yeah, fans? You, are, they, are they talking about fans? Are they going to play at their home fields? What are they going to do? I haven't heard yet on on uh, this, the no fans. I don't think there's going to be any any fans. And if 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 they're if they do allow fans, it'll be just a handful here and there. But then again, how is that going to be determined? Is it going to be done lottery style? Is it going to be done based on season ticket holders? No, no. Uh, still, some things have to be ironed out there. But they just barely got this deal worked out to where they're going to play baseball. So well, I'm sure some of those other things will fall into place. It'll be like being at a Middle Tennessee baseball game. No, you you said, well, there'll be some fans. I said, yeah. <laughs> it's like a Redskins game in, yeah, uh, in December. It'll be like a Redskins Bengals game. I mean, you know, uh, it's just, we, we would be used to that, right, Kelly? Club yeah, tickets, well, $33.50. Again, that, 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 that game those. would be moved, as we've mentioned, from the NFL Network to the Cartoon Network. <laughs> uh, I remember the last time they played, went to extra innings. I mean, extra quarters and ended up tied, Kelly. Nobody and can make in, a field goal. It was in London. It was in London one day. Yeah, nobody can make a field goal. It's called goal. overtime. Right. Hey, big show overtime, tomorrow. Yeah. Jay Ladner on the show on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. All right, we're looking forward to it. We'll be back at one. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.